Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 13 through 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him. Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So Jesus went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this opportunity to to gather here in this space and from all over through the gift of technology to worship you and to proclaim the good news of the resurrection. We thank you for the gift of song, 
for the gift of liturgy, for the opportunity to pray together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and for your word, which reveals your wisdom and truth. As we come to this time, O God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation and thoughts of all of our hearts will be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I want to express what a joy it was to gather with you last Sunday as we gathered here in this space and again through the gift of technology from all around to proclaim the wonderful news of Easter, that he is risen, he is risen indeed. And I can only speak for myself, but I will say that it was a particularly poignant Easter for me. This is my first Easter that I have spent with y'all here at Centenary, and it was a gift and a joy to have that opportunity. But it was also especially poignant in light of all that we have experienced over the past year to gather together and again to proclaim the good news that he is alive, he is risen. And the good news about it is, is that Easter is not over. We are still continuing to celebrate Easter. If we look at the Christian liturgical calendar, we are still in the season of what is known as Eastertide. And this is a season that extends from Easter Sunday through the 40 days until Jesus ascends into heaven, and then the 10 days after that between the ascension and what we celebrate as Pentecost, as we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit and the birthday of the church. And so as we're in this season of Easter, and we look at the words of scripture and we look at our tradition as Christians, this is a time that we really pour into and look at the encounters with the risen Lord and what resurrection means for us as followers of Jesus Christ. And one such resurrection encounter is the one that we have here in today's passage, the story that is often referred to as being the story of the road to Emmaus. I want to provide a little bit of background and context for this passage and, and to kind of help understand where we are and what it means for us. But in order to do that, we're going to need to rewind chronologically a little bit. We find today's passage actually occurring on what we know as Easter Sunday. We encounter two of the followers of Jesus. One of them we know is named Cleopas. We're not sure who the other one is or what that person's name is. But here we find them traveling the seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And they're talking about all that has taken place. And it's interesting as we come to the translation of this passage, scripture says that these two followers were looking downcast. I don't know about y'all, but that phrase looking downcast feels a little vague and might need a little bit of fleshing out of, of just what might have been on the hearts and minds of these followers as they were traveling on the road to Emmaus. Over the past few days, they have just witnessed the arrest, the crucifixion, and the burial of Jesus, the one whom they believed was the Messiah. And I imagine that as they were traveling, they were likely feeling a sense of grief, feeling the sting and finality of death. Perhaps they were also feeling a sense of disappointment, a sense of disillusionment and hopelessness. 
perhaps they were a little uncertain about what the future may hold. Because as they said, Jesus was the person that they thought was going to redeem Israel. And in their worldview, in their minds, how on earth could that possibly take place, given the fact that he had been crucified and was buried? We don't know why they were traveling to Jerusalem to Emmaus, but it very well could be that they also were a bit fearful. They had just seen the one who had taught them, the one whom they had followed, been arrested and crucified, and perhaps they were also fearful for their own lives of what might happen to them. And so they felt the need to escape from Jerusalem to Emmaus. On top of all that they were experiencing in, the, in their hearts, all the emotions they must have been carrying, they also were trying to make sense of some news that they had received. That some of the women in their group had gone to the tomb and realized that it was empty. And there were angels there that had proclaimed to them that Jesus was alive. And these followers said that they were amazed, they were astounded, but they really didn't know what to make of that. They really didn't know what to believe. So we can imagine what kind of emotional roller coaster the two must have been on as, as they were trying to struggle and, and make sense of all that was taking place to put the pieces back together and to discern what comes next. My friends, perhaps we've been there as well. Perhaps we can relate to the grief and the pain of losing a loved one. Perhaps we can relate to that sense of profound disappointment and even despair when life doesn't go the way that we had hoped or expected. Perhaps there have been seasons in our lives and events in our lives where it has felt like the ground has been taken up from under us and we're struggling to comprehend what happened. We're struggling to make sense of it all. We're struggling to know what to do next. Perhaps there have been seasons in our lives where grief and disillusionment, hopelessness and confusion have, have enveloped us like a thick fog, impacting the lens through which we view the world around us. This is where we find the two on the journey today. And most powerfully, this is where we encounter the risen Lord. In the midst of this difficult journey, Jesus is walking with them. Jesus comes to them. Jesus meets them where, we, where they are and he offers them himself. He offers them resurrection. And in this encounter, we see that the good news of resurrection isn't just a promise of eternal life in the time to come, it's also the promise of a new life. It's the promise of a transformed life in Jesus Christ in the here and now. It's the promise of eternal life that begins today. In the midst of their difficult journey, Jesus comes to the two as a stranger and he engages them in conversation, and he uses scripture to help redefine the events of all that they have just witnessed and experienced. And then in a rather ordinary moment, or a rather ordinary moment in the journey, something quite extraordinary takes place. As they arrive to Emmaus, 
the stranger, Jesus, looks as if he's going on ahead to go in the journey. But the followers invite him in. They ask him to stay. And by making that choice to invite him in, by breaking bread with him, they realize that they have encountered the risen Lord. In that moment, nothing has changed from a world perspective, and yet everything has changed. The fog has been lifted. The disillusionment and despair gave way to hope, perhaps feeling a sense of abandonment that their teacher is not with them, and uncertainty about the future gave way to a confidence in Christ's abiding presence. Darkness gave way to light. Sin and death gave way to love. Through encountering the risen Lord, the two followers were transformed. And once again, I want to emphasize that, that from the world's point of view, perhaps nothing has changed for those two followers or for us. Their worldly circumstances, their situations, their challenges remained. And yet everything has changed because their new reality, their greater reality, was that Jesus is alive. God's love manifested in the truth of the resurrection, that is what has the final word. The disciples had expected that Jesus was going to be the one to redeem Israel by force. And they were disillusioned when things did not happen their reality that they were expecting did not come into fruition. But they did experience redemption, a different type of redemption, a redemption of the soul. And that redemption became their new reality and transformed the lens through which they viewed the world and the lens of how they viewed themselves and how they understood their role in the world. As I think about the story of the road to Emmaus. I am reminded of one of the hymns that is found in our hymnal, Because He Lives by Bill and Gloria Gaither. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this hymn or not, um, but I have heard some time ago that if you wanted to know the catechesis of the United Methodist Church, if you wanted to know what United Methodists believe, you look at the United Methodist hymnal. And indeed, I have a heart for hymns because I believe we learn a lot about who we are and what we believe through what we sing. And I think about the hymn, Because He Lives, and, and as for me, as I think about the words to this hymn, and I think about the story behind why this hymn was written, it speaks to me about the power of the resurrection. And so Bill and Gloria Gaither talk about the reasons why they wrote this hymn and, and a little bit of context for how this hymn came into being. And they write how this hymn that they wrote came through a particularly difficult season in their own lives. There was much going on in the world around them. Within their own congregation, there was tension within the church. They were experiencing personal health problems. And through it all, they were also expecting their third child. In many ways, it felt like for them as if they were on the road to Emmaus. They were disillusioned. They were anxious about the future. They perhaps were feeling like they were walking in a dense fog. In a time in their lives where everything felt so unstable, 
when they struggled to make sense of it all, when they wondered how they could possibly bring in another child into this world. In that place in the journey, they encountered the risen Lord. Gloria Gaither writes, while pondering and praying about these things, we came to realize anew that our courage doesn't come from a stable world, that the world has never been stable. No, we have babies, we raise families, and we risk living because the resurrection is true. And I would add on this Sunday morning that we baptize children and we join the community of believers that is called the church because the resurrection is true. The Gaithers go on to write that later in that season, there was a period where the parking lot outside of Bill Gaither's office was being paved over. And in an otherwise dreary landscape, they saw a sign of hope and life. A single but very determined little blade of grass was sticking through the new asphalt, seeming to defy all the odds against it. And as they looked at that blade of grass in this otherwise dreary landscape, they said they were reminded again of the endearing love of Christ that's embodied in the resurrection. And that time in their lives, that season in their lives, and where they were in that journey prompted the Gaithers to write this song, Because He Lives. Now we're gonna hear it beautifully sung in just a moment, but I want also to, to read again the words of the refrain. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. My friends, perhaps we feel as if we are on the road to Emmaus. Disillusionment, Sorrow, uncertainty may be weighing on our hearts and enveloping us like a thick fog. If that is where we are in the journey, and no matter where you are on the journey, may we trust that we do not journey alone. The risen Lord is with us, offering us unfailing love, unfailing hope, unfailing peace, joy, guidance, and strength for each day. This is not just a promise for the time to come, it is a promise for us in the here and now today. So on this day, may we place our trust in him, the resurrected Christ. May our eyes be open to the ways that we encounter the risen Lord in our lives, and may we seek to embody and to share the wonderful truth in the world around us. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.